Where is Alex? Where is where is he? Oh no. Uh, oh no. He decided to take a trip to New York, I think, thinking um that I don't know, he said something about keeping like he kept seeing people with like this like white um ghost mask and he was like, you know what, I need to run from this. I need to go to New York. So I think oh. that's what he's doing to I see. Or some shit. I don't know if that'll actually help. Um <laughs> Listeners of the Salem Station Podcast, hello and welcome to another episode of the only horror show you need. Uh, I'm your co-host, Robert. And I'm your co-host, Enrique. And uh, uh, Alex is gone. Uh, He's in New York. Yeah. Um, But uh, today we're covering a show for the first time. Probably might be the last time too. Is it the first time? Uh, maybe, yeah, because I've never, I don't watch, so I don't watch shows at all, Uh, or, or like, I don't binge shows, right? Like, I've seen... Yeah, you just watch the first episode? (laughs) Yeah, I usually just watch, like, a first episode, or, like, if it's something like The Office, I think I might have explained this in another episode, but, like, I've seen a lot of episodes of The Office, right, but, like, it's not like I've seen all of season one, like, it'll just be whatever's on TV, right? or whatever I see... Like, a family member has up, I'm like, oh, let me check out this episode, because I like the show, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm not one to go out and just watch a whole series, or, yeah, I, I just don't do that, and I don't, I don't know why, but I just don't. So, uh, a lot of yeah, people, when this show was coming out, were like, hey, you should watch The Haunting of Hill House, and I would be like, um, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give it a watch, <laughs> uh, and I kept saying that for years. Um, just never got around to it. <laughs> just never did. And then uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor came out as well. And people were like, oh, my God, you should watch The Haunting of Bly Manor. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I definitely will um, check it out. Uh-huh. And, then, <laughs> and then I never did. And then people were like, oh, my God, Midnight Mass. Uh, do You got to watch the show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that no. Just, I, that was just me. <laughs> was, a lot of people actually have been saying that um, yeah. and recommending it. And I'm like, I will. Yeah. It's a good show, man. I know, yeah, you've been recommending it for the like the longest time. And that's kind of actually the reason why I <laughs> I just I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on The Haunting of Hill House cuz I know they're all made by the same dude, Mike Flanagan. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. three, I guess shows, right? Yeah, three shows. The first one he did yes. is Haunting of Hill Didn't House. Didn't he do the fourth a fourth one though? Like The Midnight Club or something? They got canceled. Oh, I, I, I don't, I, maybe, I, I, I didn't, I've never heard of it, but maybe, yeah, you might be right. I think, yeah, I think it has one season on Netflix. Okay, for sure. And then it got canceled. From what I've heard, um, so, I was like, so, I, I don't know why I, I don't know the specific reason why I decided, uh, to finally start Hill House. I started with Hill Just House. Randomly. Because I was like, oh, I, I want to watch them in order, even though you don't have to, they're not connected in any way at all, um, the the shows are basically their own thing, right? Yeah, yeah, they're basically own, their own stories. But um, I wanted to start off with Hill House because in the order of when they were released, and then um, Bly Manor, and then Midnight Mess. Did you watch Midnight Club? Uh, I did not. I uh, just saw the the other previously mentioned three. Right, and so I'll I'll probably watch those three. Maybe Midnight Club. I don't know. I'll see. But um, I wanted to watch them in order. I don't know the reason why. I just decided to finally do it because that's very uh, not something i would do at all but i just decided you know what i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch this series 
10, 10 episodes, I believe. And uh, I got to just say to everybody who has recommended this show to me, uh, you guys were correct. The, sh- the show is very good. Most people who talk about Hill House are like, oh, Midnight Mass is the best one. And it's not having seen Midnight Mass. It's kind of unfathomable how something can be better <laughs> than Hill House. But I'm sure I'm sure it's like way better. I'll be saying the same thing. I'll it's be like better in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be saying the same thing. Like, I just can't imagine like anything being better than Midnight Mass. Um, but currently I can't imagine anything being better <laughs> than Hill House. <laughs> I think this probably might you're also be disappointed by this... the, the second one. I've not heard a lot of things about Bly Manor. I think that might, I, I, <laughs> that might be a hint. Yeah, that might that be, might a, be a, that might be, I, I don't know. I might, might watch reason. it just like, and then just not even mention it and then go straight into midnight mass. But, um, it's, it's okay. It's worth watching. So when, when did you watch this when it first came out on Netflix? Uh, not when it first came out. No, I think I watched it a couple of months after. Was it like, did you decide to watch it based off of like hearing people say good things about it? Or were you just like, I let me watch this. Let me put this on. Yeah, I had heard. Um, I forgot where, but yes. Yeah. Someone or said or wrote somewhere that yes, it was a good show. <laughs> and yeah. worth watching. Did you have much high expectations going into it? Or just like, you know what, let me just check it out. Not like, really. I thought it was kind of just going to be like a Netflix exclusive. Like, you know, like. Stranger Things. I don't know. Yeah, but not like on that budget, on right. the level of Stranger Things. But uh, it was pretty good. It was surprisingly good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had heard, heard when it came out. I had heard nothing but good things. Uh, I mean, it wasn't enough to get me to watch it. But I remember uh, we were in the in like this building. Um, that this was years ago before um you know like the pandemic and whatnot. Back when it came out, uh, 2018, I think, we were in uh, our architectural architecture studio. In, in, not in class, but we'd stay there sometimes late at night doing projects. And I remember there was a friend of the podcast um, who would stream the show on the big screen. I would sometimes do the same like The Conjuring and other horror movies. But she had streamed the series i I do remember this very vividly and being like yeah after hearing people talk good things about it and, and i caught a couple glimpses of it some things that you know kind of upon me uh, watching the series finally i was like oh, okay i remember that scene i remember that like i'd kind of seen it i really didn't understand a lot of what was going on back when mm-hmm. i had seen little glimpses of it but yeah, I, I I had seen a couple scenes of it before, just based off of a friend who was uh, streaming it um, on a big screen. And uh, but so so I decided to finally watch it. Right? Let's uh, yarg uh, Pirates Life at B. I did not use Netflix to uh, originally watch this. Oh. Um. And so when I put <laughs> uh, episode <laughs> one on, it, it was actually episode eight. Oh no! <laughs> so, so, and I, I didn't know because I, I had never seen the series before, obviously, uh-huh. and I was just like, "Oh my god, there's so much dr- drama in this already." Episode one, <laughs> they just really throw you into the midst of it. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Damn, I, I no wonder people say this is so good." Like, if this is the drama in episode one, like, imagine till we get like to you know what I thought was like episode seven or eight. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I finished episode eight, which I thought was episode one, and then I started episode two, and it was the same thing, and I'm like, what the? So, and I apparently, I guess I, I realized all of the episodes they had listed were episode eight. Then I was like, oh my oh, god, I, I just, I had just, I guess, it, luckily episode eight is in an episode full of spoilers. Like it's. That's good. Yeah. It's not like an episode where they reveal spoilers, spoilers um, for <laughs> anyone who hasn't seen the show yet. It's not like they reveal that the, the, the pet neck lady is Nelly or anything like that. Like there was nothing crazy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just like a, it was the episode where they're all in their cars uh, talking, trying to go track down Luke who had gone to Hill House. Um, oh, okay. But it was still drama heavy, and I was like, okay, it's pretty good. It was enough to get me to actually get a a Netflix subscription to watch this. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's how you know how how invested I was in this based off of one episode. Yeah. Now, had you ever read the book before this? I did. I actually read it for a class. See, <laughs> I think it was the same class. I think it was I, the same class. Yeah, I took the class after you, like a year or so after you did. Um, yeah, and we also had to read Haunting of Haunting of Hill House. Um, it's very different than the book. It is. It is a, yeah, a lot of different characters. That's for sure. They use a lot of the like s- different time period. Yes, even. Yes. Um, they use a lot of yeah. the same names, but they're not really like the relationships are different, right? Um, right that's true what i remember in the book and this was like a year or two now ago um so luke theo who in the book uh i know her as theodora and then eleanor who in the show they call nelly for short um mm-hmm. those three go to hill house but they're not siblings at all no, they're just strangers yes they're strangers and they're part of a of an experiment yeah. dr i think montague is his name yes i think so he he kind of like uh i don't know like rents out hill house or whatever he 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 sets up an experiment in hill house to kind of test I, now i don't remember the specifics of the exper- of the experiment and whatnot but they're his test subjects to see if like ghosts are real right mm-hmm. yes that's what he's trying to figure out anything paranormal basically in the house yeah i remember yeah, the... he's trying to find anything yeah yeah um i remember the dudleys being in there um and or Mr. Dudley, at least. I don't know about Mrs. Dudley. But I also remember Luke, yeah. I think, is... He's part of the family that owns Hill House, right? In the book? I think so, yeah. He's like a nephew or a son, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think he is. Um, And so, yeah. So, he is part of the family that owns Hill House. Eleanor is just a stranger who's down on her luck. And then she accepts it, the invite, because she's like, you know what? Uh, I got nothing better in life going. And then yeah. Theo's kind of like a, an eccentric uh, person that I think I heard someone say, I forget if this was in the book or in the movie or the show, but they often use like the word bohemian to describe her, you know, someone who's always on the go, someone who's kind of like more mm-hmm. lavish. But yeah, that's the book. Spoilers for the book. Um, Eleanor ends up killing herself, right? Because she drives into like a tree or something. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, but the whole movie, she uh, movie, the whole book, she's kind of like being tempted to commit suicide. Like she goes up the the spiral uh, staircase, yeah. but then like and then Luke goes in the house. Yeah, and then Luke takes her down and whatnot. And then that there is a they explain that there was a ghost who uh, kind of hung herself from the top of that staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what the mo- uh, movie, a lot of what the book 
kind of presents the show uses but it i think uses it uh, not only creatively but i think for its benefit i think the movie the liberty the movie god damn it i think (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry you say movie but it's like a show it's like what oh the show i don't i don't i don't talk about shows because there is a movie but we're i assume we're not going to talk much about that one i have seen the movie actually before yeah you have i've never seen it talk about it but it, it, the, the 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 movie. Oh my god! The show, the liberties <laughs> that the show takes, are for the yeah. benefit of the show, and I think uh, it's great that it takes those liberties because I can't imagine the show trying to be like what the book is like. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be a very uh, exciting drama show. heavy. You know, this family yeah. that's broken. I much prefer what the show has done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I so like we mentioned, there is a movie called The Haunting. Uh, not to be confused with House on Haunted Hill, which is something different. Even though the oh, premise really? is the same, House on Haunted Hill is a doctor <laughs> who's looking to see if there's ghosts in a giant house on a hill. Uh, oh, that sounds just like the book. It sounds just like the book. I think it might have <laughs> even been inspired by the book, but not that. But we're not talking about House on Haunted Hill. We're talking about the right. movie, which is called. The Haunting. Uh, now, there's two movies. There's the one from the 60s, and there's the one from the 90s. I've never seen the one from the 60s, but I've seen the one from the 90s. And all I will say is, uh, you're much better off with the show. <laughs> the 60s, or not the 60s, uh, the, the 90s one. What's actually pretty intriguing is the 90s one. The first act is pretty faithful to the book. Um, oh, really? I remember even like that some of the dialogue was taken straight from the oh, book. Wow. Like, oh, hold on, I might have written down some notes because I did a little bit of research afterwards. So, uh, for those listening, I took a lot of notes when watching the show because I was very fascinated by um, by the show. Oh, so one thing that I uh, remembered from the book was a quote from uh, Mrs. Dudley who said, "Once Nellie, or Nellie." Eleanor and uh, Theodora and like Luke were getting settled and she'd say something like we live out in town nine miles so there won't be anyone around if you need help we couldn't even hear you and she repeats that every time there's a new like person going into the house Mm -hmm. they do that in the book in the movie Uh, they they do a couple other things that are in the book right of the movie but um, I think Eleanor doesn't die at the end of that one Oh, okay. I, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's uh, it's CGI heavy. It's horrible, dude. <laughs> What's his face? Uh, Owen Wilson is Luke. <laughs> oh, Owen Wilson's in it? Owen Wilson is Luke. Oh, wow. Liam Neeson is Dr. Montague. <laughs> um, so it's a stack cast. It's a stack cast. The lady, great. the mother in The Conjuring, the one that gets possessed, she's Eleanor. Um, oh. So it's a lot of recognizable faces. But oh, dude, wow. Owen Wilson, they they try to put him in like because in the book Luke, he's like little, I don't say lazy, but he's comes off as a little more chill, right? He's like a chill dude. Yeah. Um, and they try to have Owen Wilson, they like they put him in like bright clothings, like as if though he's like <laughs> to show that he's young, you know, he's hip, and yeah. his his expressions and his acting is just not, it's not needed for this movie. Uh, I I don't know, he's a little bizarre in this movie but yeah anyways skip the movie uh the best iteration <laughs> of the story even though it takes great liberties with the story itself is by far the show 
the show's the best thing i think i think it's better it's been a while since i've read the book but i think it's way better than the book yeah i'd so, agree yeah mike flanagan mike flanagan is the guy who uh, kind of wrote the series and there's there's two like intertwining plots there's one in the past of when the kids of when the main characters were kids the siblings and then there's the modern day stuff and i've noticed mike flanagan does that quite a bit with his mm-hmm. stuff like i think we recently uh watched the Ocu- or oculus in which he does the same thing right yeah a lot of the times in which when he does it it comes off a little like okay dude you've done this quite a bit i don't know if it <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it in oculus i don't know it, it seems a little like it's trying to pad out the runtime but mm-hmm. in hill house i think this is the best this is the best usage of that i think the show greatly benefits from this flashback like double narrative uh, yeah and maybe it's because in the movie you know it's such a short in time that like cutting back between two stories you know it, it's it's a lot in such a short amount of time, but in a show, it's perfect. You can flesh out characters. You get a feel for the characters, not only in, not only how they are in modern times, but also in the past. Yeah, I was going to say it, it's great because you can, like, at the same time, see how the characters changed or, in some cases, hasn't changed. Yes. Like, since, they, since when they were kids. And yeah, it's it really just makes the characters a lot more interesting. I think it really works. Yeah, I think I can't think of any other example that does this because like it kind of does it, but it's split into two movies, so it's kind of hard. Right, but this like it 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 intertwines both. Not like Mm -hmm. here's story, here's a story, and then later on here's B story. It presents to you both of them at the same time, which creates for some great mirroring in between plot lines where like some character will do something in the past, and then we either see them repeated in the future, or maybe they don't, you know, like how you mentioned, you know, whether some characters have right. grown, whether some have not. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote down a lot of notes. I'll go over some briefly. I had two like themes I wanted to talk about, and I can't find it. So oh, many no. notes. I'm going to have to show you how many notes I took. It's insane. Yeah. I have it on my phone, oh, wow. and I, I, just, I just... Well, it is a whole show's worth of notes, so... Yeah. I had two themes I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them was uh, kind of like the theme of like almost mental illness versus like actual right. ghosts, because mm-hmm. a lot of the characters they do appear to be like not mentally all there. Yeah, they're all all going through it. Yeah, the, the, pretty much all of them, and, and they have different things that they blame it on and different ways of coping. Mm-hmm. For instance, the younger, the younger two, the twins, uh, Nelly and Luke, they're the ones that in the past they see the most ghostly activities. Whereas some of the older ones, they don't even actually see ghosts. Like Steve, maybe saw a ghost here or there, but like he really didn't see yeah, one once. F- maybe, yeah, yeah, he didn't see them full on like Nuke or Nuke, <laughs> like Luke or Nelly. Um, and later on in life. Steve because he didn't see those ghosts he presents it as no that was mental illness right you know that that's what our family has been dealing with whereas the younger kids are like no they were like those are actual like hauntings that we went through as you know young like like our mother didn't go crazy because of mental illness whereas Steve's like no that that's what it is and there's like right. that thing between the yeah yeah I was gonna say it's reflected in um in the way that uh, their lives turned out, I guess, because they would probably be the most troubled 
arguably mm-hmm. of the bunch. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, you're right. The the show does make or do a really good job at comparing the two. Yeah. Just actual spooky stuff or maybe just mental illness. And I like how like nu- uh, nuke. I keep saying nuke. We talked about Oppenheimer <laughs> before recording, so that's yes, why it's on mind. Uh Nelly and Luke, yeah, they were basically affected the most by this again because they were very young. Mm-hmm. Nelly has like immense depression and Luke, he's a drug addict and you know their lives uh I mean, Luke's is spiraling out of control every day. And Nellie's, she try. I mean, her life appears to be great. But, like, deep mm-hmm. down, she feels that it actually isn't. Whereas, you know, Steve and Shirley and then even Theo, like, they're just living out their existence. They're, they don't think about Hill House and, like, how, like, it, it, Hill House isn't on their mind constantly because they've moved past it. Whereas the younger two... They haven't. And I was kind of noticing how they, the older ones, how they coped with it and also how they kind of did like intertwined their coping into their professions and how they kind of impose that mentality on other people as a form of like them helping out. Right. They don't do it like, you know, they're not intent on pushing like any of their beliefs or whatnot. But like, for instance, Steve, Steve becomes a writer and he writes about Hill House. And often, as we see in the first episode, he will get hit up by clients, by people who want their stories told. And he himself is an ardent believer that there are no ghosts at Hill House, Mm -hmm. that it was all mental illness. It's all maybe like tricks of the mind, things that can be explained. So when he visits, for instance, a lady who says, oh, I saw my husband on like my ceiling or whatever, he goes and he investigates and he basically tells her, you know, like, that's not like your husband or whatnot like that was just you know it was explained by you know there's a leak in the ceiling or whatever your your mind has uh, images of, of your dead husband that that's how it presents um you know the image that's how it presents your husband so you might see him everywhere mm-hmm. and then so he takes their stories just like he took his own even though he doesn't believe in the hauntings but he will write about them he'll embellish them but that's how he coped with it as if they were real as if they were right? real yeah yeah, but he doesn't believe in them, and he basically tells the people that he, you know, gets these stories from. You know, they're not real either. Right. Shirley, as a young girl, when she was at her mother's funeral, uh, the dude who kind of fixes up dead people fixed up her mother to, you know, ha- for the open casket uh, funeral. He he basically comforted her at that moment, saying, you know, I can mm-hmm. I can fix people so that like families the the last image of their dead family member is like the pristine image that they had always thought about not what they look like you know once they're dead so surely as an adult she does that now she does that to help fix people and we see that parallel when she does that to a young boy mortician maybe mortician yeah yeah mortician is the yeah title probably yeah she's that now and she's like she goes to this younger boy who just lost the family member and she's like no i've presented your grandmother the way that you would have wished to have seen her and then theo does the same you know she treats children and she kind of gets a you know a feel for what they're thinking but yeah I, was, I found that interesting i was looking into that i was like oh the older ones like put that into the profession whereas the younger ones they just they deal with it like they had they can't they can't help others in the way that like the older siblings are because they like they're still going through it day by day i guess 
Right. So I, I found that. They still need of their own help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they can't yeah. help others because they still need help. So I found that all very interesting. So, again, I, I wrote a lot of notes. I don't know if I want to go episode by episode. I might have oh, wow. to. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to skim through things. So Hill House, for those who uh, don't know, for those who are just listening and are like, what the hell is Hill House? Although I doubt anybody doesn't know what the haunting of Hill House is, considering it was a pretty big thing on Netflix. The story, before I go into like major spoilers, it's about a family, five siblings and a father and mother. Uh, like I said, two running storylines, two parallel storylines, one in the past, one in modern times. One when the siblings were young and they were living at Hill House. And then the other one, what their life is like after Hill House. You know, they've all gone their separate ways. And we see before when they were living at Hill House, they're all, you know, they're all loving each other and whatnot. Like they're just a, you know, a great family. And then, you know, modern times, all of their relationships with each other have soured. To the point where they're not like, they don't feel like they're family anymore. They're more like, uh, we just have to meet up with each other just because, you know, we're related, but we'd rather not. Spoilers going forward. Uh, I should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> I, I feel like we've already spoiled a lot. I mean, you did. You did kind of say it at the beginning. Do you want to go character by character or not? I mean, I guess we uh, could. Whatever works for you. I think we probably should because the first five episodes kind of have a, have a focus on every character. Of That's the true. They kind of do. Uh, the first one's Steven. Steven, who's not a character at all in the book, but, you know, invented for the show. Like we said, he goes to help a lady investigate a thing. Here we see the beginnings of, like, the Betneck lady's terror on, like, Nellie. She only seems to show up for Nellie, and we don't know why. I'm glad I didn't get that spoiled yet. Although, funny enough, I did see that sequence, spoilers again, where Nellie dies and she sees her past selves. Oh yeah, I remember that seeing that in the IDC when my friend was streaming that, but I never it never clicked oh. to me. And and when, once I rewatched it, I was like, oh my god, like that's what that was. Um, <laughs> we see that there's this red room that's you know locked, and no one can seem to find a key for it. No one seems to be able to open it. It's like this mysterious room, and we see at the end of uh, Stephen's episode that. We, we get the glimpse of a, a very brief glimpse from Steven's perspective as to what the last night in Hill House was like. And that's his father going into his room and telling him, like, to stay quiet, like, stay very quiet. And then, you know, he's like, oh, what's going on? And then his father, he's like, OK, close your eyes, son. I'm going to help you get out of the house and then we'll go home. I've already gotten all your siblings out of the house. So as they're going out. Uh, Steven doesn't close his eyes and he sees his mother like lunging behind them and he's like what the hell and I, I too I was like oh my god what's going on because uh, this was I <laughs> this is the I hadn't seen this episode yet you know this was technically the second episode I had seen but I didn't know what right. was happening at Hill House yet I like the eighth episode only they only talk about like Hill House is you know cursed and Hill House is like haunted or whatnot or you know also like maybe it's mental illness but no, that mother was jumping around, <laughs> jumping around that night. Yeah, and so I was, uh, I was, my intrigue was still maintained, and I was like, oh my god, what, what, what happened to the mother? And that, that's kind of like a mystery that's uh, played throughout the series. You know what happened that night? And they don't explain mm-hmm. it until the end. Um, what do you think about Steve as a character? I think he's a typical kind of like Stephen King ish type of character. You know. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of uh, the one guy from It, who's oh, also a writer, yeah. right? 
yeah, I think it's a lot of Stephen King stuff. It's just like a writer. I was going to say, and all the other writing writer <laughs> characters in Stephen King novels. But yeah, he's a, he's a good juxtaposition to a lot of them. He seems very mature, you know? Yeah. Even though he's probably one of the most insecure ones, maybe. I, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, yeah. I, I feel like he doesn't really truly know how to... I don't know, actually, yeah. I, he's... He's like a, I can't quite buy, I can't quite put my finger on Steve. I don't know if I mm-hmm. like him. I'm indifferent to the character, I guess. He, yeah. Out of all of them, he seems the most like just cookie cutter, I guess. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. He he he's there. That makes sense. He, yeah, he he's the one that bre- like he believes the most that it's mental illness. Like it's not haunting. Like there's no way it's a haunting. Like um, the the younger kids, they're they're just traumatized because it, to them it happened at such a young age. Uh, what happened at right. Hill House? Uh, so much so actually that they in the eighth episode. Well, this was spoiled to me because I watched it first. <laughs> but they say that the reason why he and his wife didn't have kids is because he had a vasectomy to like not pass on the mental illness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Up next in episode two, we have Shirley. Very interesting that they uh, Shirley again doesn't exist in the book but Shirley is the name of the writer of the book Shirley Jackson oh. so that's probably why they named the character Shirley um probably so in Shirley's episode they mentioned that oh they mentioned that there's like a forever home that the mother and the father plan on making after they sell Hill House which they throughout the movie they kind of show like floor plans and whatnot which I would pause the episode and just like look over them like hmm, very interesting layout <laughs> yeah you have this is kind of where for me the beginning of like oh oh i forgot steve's episode sorry if i'm jumping out around the place the listeners no, are like no, what the good. fuck is going on uh my notes are just a mess uh <laughs> i forgot to mention steve in his episode we see his relationship with the other siblings right like shirley calls him and he's like oh nelly called she needs something or whatever she saw like something happened to luke in her like visions or something and she's like uh you want to call her up or something and Steven and Shirley don't like follow up with Nelly until like later in the day, but they're they're just like oh whatever you know yeah, whatever. Yeah, they kind of just put it off. Yeah, I'll just put it off. It's like it's whatever. Yeah. It's uh, she's worried about Luke. You know, Luke's probably out of rehab or on the run again or who knows. But when he gets to his apartment, that's when he runs into Luke, who has like a couple things of his, and he you know mm-hmm. gets the money, or he he gives Luke money to kind of yeah. buy his things back even though Luke wasn't really saying you know hey I'm, I have your shit like give me money or whatever right but when he gets to his apartment that's when he finds out or he sees a vision of Nelly kind of like in the corner and he's like oh Nelly what are you doing in my apartment and then as he says that like her skin like becomes gray and like her eyes become white like she's like dead and then after that uh his father calls him and he's like uh Nelly's dead your sister, your youngest Dang. sister, she's dead. Yeah. So that's how the first episode ends. Uh, and I mentioned that because uh, I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, there's a swing that's dead, you know, whatever. Uh, but to me, like, the emotional stuff, this this show is very emotional. It is. It, it it didn't kick into gear until the second episode. Uh, when, you, when we go through Shirley's backstory, because it's Shirley's episode, and her first brush with death. Um, and... And she has these kittens uh, that she finds in like a like a like a little abandoned shack somewhere on the property. 
and she takes in these kittens and she names them after uh, all of the siblings because there's five kittens. So she names them uh, Luke, Shirley, Steve, Nellie, and Theo. And then like one by one by one, the kittens start dying. Oh, I have written down like what she said in the eulogy, which is so sad. She buries her little kittens. Her mother and father have like little like burial for it. Um, oh, yeah. The mother was kind of speaking at the, the eulogy for the kittens. And uh, then they told uh, Shirley to kind of say something for the kittens. I took pictures of what the mother said and what Shirley said. And <laughs> I don't know, I, I guess because I had just uh, uh, been to a funeral like a week before. So that oh, might have been why I found this all so emotional. And so yeah. like, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, this really uh, hit home, I guess. But what the mother says is when we die, we turn into stories and every time someone tells one of those stories, it's like we're still here for them. I thought I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good quote. There's a lot of dialogue that I just took pictures of. And I was like, oh yeah, my god, this is like that is a good quote. Pretty good quote. Um, but what what really was like, oh my god, what really made me realize that the show was so sad was when Shirley uh, was was you know saying about the kitten. She was a good mm-hmm. kitten, and she never heard a single thing in her whole life. And not many people can say that. I don't know. That was like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That that was, uh, I want to hit home. But I don't know. But um, but that's Shirley's episode. What do you think about Shirley as a character? I like her. I think she's one of my favorite characters, actually. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. She, I feel like she tries to hold up the image of the family at the mm-hmm. expense of her relationship with her siblings. Yeah. Right. You know, like at, for instance, when they do a flashback to Nellie's wedding. And she sees Luke outside. She gives Luke money to go back. She's like, this night yeah. isn't about you. And when we reveal that Steve has written the book on Hill House and what happened that last night, she doesn't want yeah. that book out there because she doesn't want people finding about, you know, the what went down with her family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I do think she tries to kind of like a mortician. She wants to keep up this great image of what their family was like. But deep You're down, you know, right. it's... It's like this; these dead relationships that um, are mm-hmm. hurting all of them. But yeah, I, I agree. Shirley is definitely one of the most um, complex characters out of all the siblings. Yeah. Um, and her relationships with all of them, with Luke, Steve, even with like Theo. She only, the only one she has like a regular relationship with is probably Nellie. But, that's, but then again, I don't think anyone has a negative like a relationship with Nellie. You know, I think she's yeah. the only one that everyone's like. We can get along with her. Mm-hmm. The third episode is Theo. What ends up getting revealed is that Theo has like a power, basically. She's a mutant. <laughs> she that caught me off guard. I didn't. I didn't realize. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she has powers. She. Uh, she. She can feel what people have gone through. Like she can feel their yeah, emotion. Like empathetic powers, kind of like empathy, exactly. super empathy. And but it also extends to like objects kinda? yeah objects too like their past the people who have dealt with them right um and why she always wears gloves because she doesn't she's tired of feeling what other people feel she's like the most closed off of all the siblings just like uh, not necessarily like doing it to hurt others but she's just you know more distant than everyone else what do you think about theo she's interesting you know, she does remind me, kind of, 
of the one in the book. Yeah. Uh, a little. In her personality, at least. Right. I was actually surprised. Cause, uh, From what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I kind of like did a little research into the movie just before, you know, again, I did a little, quite a bit of research, but I, I was surprised that the one from the movie is actually very accurate to the book. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like surprisingly accurate. That movie got a couple things right, but as a whole, it got a lot more wrong. <laughs> but I, <see. laughs> I do like Theo from the from the show as well. In the Theo episode, where we really get to see like the hauntings start to ra- uh, ramp up. Because again, in Shirley's and Steve's episodes, we don't get much spooky stuff because again they're the ones that believe you know there are basically no ghosts you know there's uh, things can be explained versus versus where the young the one as soon as we start getting into the younger siblings we start seeing a little more spooky stuff so in theo's episode and here's where i could see like okay luke's definitely fucked up for a reason luke in wants to take a little ride in the dumbwaiter and (laughs) Uh, uh, so the dumbwaiter goes up to the, like I'm assuming the master bedroom right from the kitchen to the master bedroom so he and Theo are in the master bedroom they're kids and he's like oh come on Theo can I go up please like no one will have to know about it please I really want to go up and Theo's like okay alright I'll send you up so the, uh, Luke goes into the dumbwaiter and Theo uh, tries to send him up but instead the dumbwaiter goes down and what they don't realize is that there's a basement underneath Hill House. Yeah. And so Luke goes down into this darkness. <laughs> Understandably, the poor kid's freaked out. He's like, by the way, he's like five or six also. So, yeah, no, <laughs> dude's going to be traumatized. But he goes down and then he sees like a zombie dude crawl at him. Mm-hmm. F- freaky uh you just hear the poor kids start to cry and uh the, the parents do come down they do get luke and luke's like oh my god there's like a dead body crawling at me to which of course you know they don't find the body because it's a ghost he's like no i swear there was a ghost i saw a ghost there was a ghost coming at me and theo feels bad and whatnot whatever um but we get to see the first glimpses of luke starting to see all of the supernatural stuff go down and here we at the end of the episode they have nelly has uh gone to shirley's i don't know morgue i guess i mean she's a mortician so Mm -hmm. would you call it a morgue yeah at her morgue because shirley's going to be the one to prepare nelly's body for you know the wake and funeral which by the way is i would not even even if i were a mortician i don't know if i want to be hard yeah that, that that must be really really hard to like prepare your sibling your dead sibling for that but I guess if, if if that's what you do for a living and you're proud of your work, then who better to do it, right? That's true. Instead of having like paying money for others to do it, but like, man, I don't know. Yeah. I would, I would not. I, yeah, I would not be able to do that. Um, she has b- balls of steel for sure. Um, yeah. but in that episode, we have like we said, Theo touches things and she can feel things. She decides to touch Nelly. You know, Nelly's dead body, and she screams because she doesn't feel anything inside Nelly. Like. Like, there's nothing. And, and I kind of took that as two ways, which I guess we can go into when we get into Nelly's episode. But yeah, Theo's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Then we get... She's in... the only one that has powers. Well, she... uh, maybe. Yes? Ye- yes. Uh, except for maybe Nelly. Nelly has... I was gonna. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. Yeah, but like, she, like not powers that she can use like... Right. Like, like Theo can, I guess. It more like just comes yeah. to her, I guess. But then we have Luke's episode, and here's where my notes get even longer. 
So throughout the series, Luke always mentions, oh, can Abigail join us for dinner or whatever? Can um, Ab- Abigail, you know, come uh, have a sleepover in our room or whatever? A lot of, like, the siblings, I think, Steve is like, Abigail's, like, made a figment of your imagination. You know, Abigail's not real. Again, yeah, it's the split between the two, whereas Luke is like, no, Abigail, Ab- Abigail, Abigail is a real person. She's not a ghost. Yeah, she's one of their neighbors or something. Yeah, it's, it's revealed it that she's the daughter of the Dudleys, the caretakers. But like the caretakers never revealed their daughter to the word because they didn't want to the world, specifically Hill House, because they didn't want her to get corrupted. So no one else in the family knew about Abigail except for Luke. So to everyone else, you know, Luke must have been, you know, looking a little crazy to you know the family. Yeah. But, so Luke and Nellie's relationship is wholesome, and we see throughout this episode. Uh, it's called the episode's called "It's a Twin Thing." So whenever like uh, there's a scene where Luke is scared, and Nellie's like, "Hey, Luke, why are you scared?" And he's like, "I'm not scared." And she's like, "I can tell." And he's like, "How can you tell?" And she's like, "Because it's a it's a twin thing, you know. They they feel what each other feel. They're they're um, they're the, they're the closest of the siblings." So and also we with the scares really start to ramp up. Uh, here's one uh, we have one of my favorite like spooky moments in this episode, where uh, Luke he discovers the basement. Of course, there's a bunch of things in there. And one of the things that Luke gets to keep is uh, a hat, uh, a hat, and he finds a hat down there. And then he also finds like this. I don't know if it's like a scarf or whatever, but he gives it to his mother so his mother could you know use and wear, or maybe it's a gown. I don't remember what it was. And so Luke keeps the hat with him in his room and one night as he's sleeping he hears like this like thud in the hallway and it's so cool the way this is done he goes out into the hall and there's this massive floating ghost who has a cane and like the way he moves around is he's just floating with the cane kind of like you know when you like old people like use the cane right it like pushes them forward I guess like the momentum of the cane moving is what pushes the ghost forward it's such a cool visual and he's going like (laughs) door to door like knocking like trying to find where you don't realize that he's trying to find his hat you just think Mm -hmm. oh my god it's a spooky ghost he's here to scare people (laughs) and so luke hides under his bed and the ghost goes into their room like he stand he goes directly to luke's bed and he just stands there and you don't know what's happening but in the shadow you see he grabs the hat and he puts it on his head and he leaves and then luke under the bed like gives a sigh of relief <laughs> and then the ghost turns around like hey yo hold up i just heard somebody i like that whole <laughs> sequence that sequence is pretty good yeah that might be my favorite sequence of the of the show oh wow uh, of the, of the mm-hmm. spooky stuff, uh, my, some of my other favorite sequences are the more emotional things. But but we, uh, but that's in the flashback. We see that Luke is starting to see a lot more ghosts. Poor kid. But in in present day, uh, we see that Luke. He we we get to throughout the first couple episodes, we get we get the impression of that like Luke is a fuck up kind of, um, mm-hmm. and it's mostly again because we see these other characters kind of through the perspective of the characters we've already gone through. Right. In Steve's episode, we see Luke as just someone who's kind of there to just benefit from the other siblings and just kind of leech off of them. But here in this episode, we kind of see that like, no, like Luke is actually, you know, uh, a character who's very interesting. He's, he's actually struggling and he's trying to do his best. 
here we we see him team up with a chick named Joey. They're kind of helping each other out at rehab. Mm-hmm. And it's such a very interesting story. When I was watching this episode, I kind of forgot I was watching The Haunting of Hill House. Because it has absolutely nothing to do with, like, like the overall, like, you know, spooky stuff and, you know, the flashbacks yeah. going on. But It's like an episode of Breaking Bad almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, he's with this chick named Joey and they're helping each other out. He's, he's proud that he's gone, you know, 90 days uh, clean. And he's like, I, I won't go back. I swear I, I can't. This is before, again, before everyone finds out Nellie's dead. And then Joey turns out she leaves. She relapses. She goes out, kind of ditches him, takes his money. And that kind of like Luke goes after her. He leaves the place because he, he wants to help her out because he sees her as a genuine friend. And wants to help her out in the way that, you know, he's grateful that he had help in his life. She doesn't want it. She kind of betrays him. Not kind of. She does betray him. <laughs> Luke feels bad. And he's like, I need a place to stay. So he goes, you know, to Steve's place. That's where he starts digging for things. Because, like, Steve's not there. So he's like, okay, I'm going to take this tablet. Maybe, I think he plans on using it to contact, you know, people. And this is the scene where we see in the beginning where Steve's like, oh, my God. Luke's just here to, like, you know, take money from me or whatever. But, yeah. like, Luke is like, oh, hey, like, Steve, I, you know, I, I, you're back at your hotel. And this is where Steve's like, oh, you want my money? Just give me my shit back, please. And, you know, he instead of offering, like, hey, you want a place to stay or something, you know, Luke's like, okay, thanks, Steve. Uh, and then this is where, you know, he meet, he finds Joey and he's like, oh, hey, Joey, you know, I have money if you want to find a place to stay, like, at a hotel or whatnot. Because the place that they were at, a rehab, they, they no longer will let her in because they have other people that they need to kind of take care of. And she betrays him. She takes his money. And Luke goes out on the streets trying to, like, find her, you know, just find whatever. He gets beat up brutally. And then we get caught up to, you know, the uh, the present to where uh, his siblings find him or Steve finds him. And he's like, oh, you know, Nellie's dead or whatever. We also have, like, this very cute moment before before he's revealed that – before it's revealed that um, Nellie's dead. Before Luke finds out that Nellie's dead where – uh, Nelly, she she's scared in, in in the past, right? In the flashbacks, mm-hmm. as a child, she's scared, and Luke goes to her. It's such a sweet moment. This movie, that movie, this show's just filled with like sweet moments, where she's scared, and Luke's like, "Oh, hey, uh, I have a trick for making sure that you're not scared." And he presents her with seven buttons, and he's like, "See these seven buttons? These seven buttons present our family. It's the five siblings and mom and dad." And he's like, "Whenever you're scared, or whenever I'm scared, what I do is I count to seven. And I, like, touch the buttons, you know, so, like, one, two, three, and he goes down the line, and he's, like, and I kind of usually feel better. You know, sometimes it takes a while for me to count through the buttons again, you know, sometimes I do it multiple times, but by the end, I will feel safe, because, you know, it's, like, you know, the idea of family is, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a comforting thing, basically. And we see as an adult, when he's, like, alone, after he's been jumped, after he's been betrayed by the person that he thought was a friend... He's like shoeless and we see him at night and he's he's walking throughout the streets of L.A. And he's just, you know, whispering to himself, you know, one, two, three, four. And he counts to seven and he does it again. And it's just him trying to feel safe in his mind. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, why do why do they doing this to me? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Like there's moments like that where I'm like, that's so like wholesome, but like also so sad that like. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just found that. So, and throughout the, epi- throughout the episodes after, you know, after he finds out about Nellie's death, he will count to seven to himself to kind of like calm him down uh, and whatnot. 
but yeah, and the, uh, what do you think about Luke? Um, I think he's a good character. Definitely very troubled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wouldn't be as much spookiness without him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you th- <laughs> what do you like? Uh, do you like his um kind of like the departure of what his character like of what his character is like in the book? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think he's more complicated. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, but I don't know. I I also like the one in the book too. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really, really like Luke. I at first, again, because of the way he's presented through the perspectives mm-hmm. of the other siblings, I at first was like, "Oh right. my god, Luke! Like you're just a mess." Uh, <laughs> that's the way Shirley saw him, right? You know, he was. She was like, "Yeah, don't come to Nelly's funeral. This day isn't about you. It's about her." Uh, Steve is like, "Oh my god! Like I'm giving you this money so you could get out of here," but like. Luke kind of ended up becoming one of my favorite characters. Luke's episode, I think, is I like that episode a lot, even though it's yeah, it's kind of a departure from the other episodes. I really like Luke. I think the departure of what Luke is like in the book is pretty good. Uh, one of the best liberties that the show takes. I like mm-hmm. how broken the character is, but you know he's he's still a capable character. You know he's broken on the streets, but he's still trying, and he kind of like has hope. I guess, you know, that, you know, he can work things out. So I thought that that was probably one of the saddest episodes. That was, of course, before going into episode five, which is Nelly's episode. Uh, This is the one that broke me. Uh, This episode, I have the most notes on. So, yeah, just when I thought it couldn't get any sadder, uh, then we come to her episode. Now, I thought at first... Nellie's story can't be interesting because we already know she's dead. Like, there's no way I can get invested in her character. Right. Turns out, I think I'm a. I'm gonna say Nellie's my favorite character. Uh, she's absolutely my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? Uh, yeah, maybe Nellie or Shirley. Nellie or Shirley, yeah. Yeah, she's just so nice. Nellie. She... Nellie is the most wholesome. Uh, character uh, throughout this episode I'm like I feel so bad for her Jesus Christ yeah I, I so she we see that she gets haunted a lot more by the bent neck bent neck lady and the bent neck lady is kind of the she's like the image of like the series right she is this lady mm-hmm. dressed in white white skin dark hair but her neck is bent at a weird angle like it's broken and usually she's portrayed as like screaming or shouting or whatever uh, and, and what's interesting is uh, we kind of see that her life, at least the way it's shown to others, it's like almost perfect, right? She has a wedding. She meets, uh, I forget her husband's name, but she meets him. What's her, I think I have her husband's name written down somewhere. Uh, no, I don't. Um, she meets her husband, right? But but she, the reason why, so her husband is a therapist or a, or something like that. But the reason why she falls for him is because, you know, she's like, you're the first person who's actually listened to me and hasn't just said, you know, oh, it's just something, you know, you can just take care of. I think she has like sleep paralysis or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And she listens to him and she takes her seriously or he takes her seriously, which no one had done up until that point. So then they fall in love. They have a wedding. It's perfect. You know, yada, yada. Uh, Everyone, you know, is happy for her. But like. You know, uh, the sleep paralysis, sometimes it'll come back. And there's a point where, you know, the bent neck lady does come back. 
And that yeah. same day, her husband dies, you know, like, because he's like, what is it? You know, and then, you know, he dies. He dies in he dies in the room while she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what I, I've never had sleep paralysis, but you can't move. And she sees her husband die, but like she can't help him. So uh, but later on, she, but she eventually does come to her feet and she kind of kind of, you know, but he's dead. He's dead. There's no use in helping him out. And she gets uh, kind of like she kind of falls back onto what she was like before meeting her husband, you know, depressed, mm-hmm. kind of this feeling where she's alone again. You know, no one again can you know relate to her the closest thing is probably luke but you know she doesn't want to give luke her problems because luke has his own things that he has to deal with and so she gets a new doctor which i instantly picked up on when i watched the show the doctor's name is dr montague the new the old man that she goes to who is the old man that's conducting the experiment in the book and i liked how they changed up things here because at the during the episode uh dr montague he basically says that you can't keep blaming the house for, you know, all the things that have gone wrong in your life. You know, if mm-hmm. you go back to that house, you'll realize it's just a decrepit old corpse. There's nothing there. There's no ghosts, which is kind of what inspires her to go in the first place. Right. Yeah. That's a, like a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Like reaffirm her beliefs or her new beliefs, I guess. That the house isn't, you know, yeah. haunted or whatever. That it's not mm-hmm. that it's not the house that is driving her. That's driving. That's the driving force behind like her depression or whatnot. Yeah, it's probably something else. I like that. Mental that's illness. That's like a twist on Doctor Montague's invitation to Nellie to come to the house in the book. Right. Yeah. Because Doctor Montague's the one that invites her, whereas in the show, Doctor Montague's like, "Well, I if never you were to that, yeah, yeah, if you were to go to the house, <laughs> you'd notice that it's just the corpse." And that's what gets Nellie to the house. And I was, I was, dude. There's so many parallels where it takes what the book did, but it t- it puts like a unique twist on it, which I really like. I think this episode is probably my favorite of the of the whole bunch. Not not only because of what it of how it utilizes the book, but because of how it utilizes Nellie. There's a couple other things again that 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 they take from the book and just like subtly twist it in a clever way, where it's like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. So basically, uh, Nellie's feeling very depressed, and she does decide, you know what, I'm gonna go to the to the house. I need to go back. Uh, Doctor Montague says that that's correct, so or whatever, or that like seeing the house in the state that it is today, that's how I will remember it instead of this. Yeah, spooky so it would thing. help her kind of forget of the past. Exactly. Kind of see it for what it actually is. Yes, and so she goes there. She decides, you know what, I have nothing else to lose. So she goes and she stays in a hotel nearby before she decides to get to the house. And I found like, I I think her episode is the most relatable, how like sad she feels. There's a moment where she's like, just she's in the hotel and she's just sitting on her bed and they show that like time has just passed by, but she doesn't realize it. Like she's just sitting there. Like just staring off into the distance, hours go by, and and she's just—I don't know if she's contemplating things. It's kind of a mixture of both. I'm sure you know people can relate to this as well. Where, you know, in moments like that, you feel like everything is rushing through your head. You know, every emotion, every thought, so many things you're thinking right. about, but at the same time, there isn't a single thing you're really focusing on. So you're thinking about everything, but at the same time, you're thinking about nothing really she doesn't know what her next step should be she feels kind of lost and so in that moment you know she there's like really no one for her to turn to 
and I, I like there's a scene where she sees Luke. Uh, she has she has another sleep paralysis uh, incident uh, where she's in the hotel and she's looking up at the ceiling and she sees Luke and Luke's kind of he's OD'd and he's dying and she has this vision and she's like oh my god like I need to help him so mm-hmm. she thinks something's wrong with him so uh, when she when she gets out of the sleep paralysis she she calls up Shirley and she calls up uh, Stephen and this is where we get to the beginning of the series where she tried reaching out to them and they're like you know they're pushing it off like oh okay now we. Yeah, it's it, if it's something yeah. about Luke, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it later. Luke always comes back, but you know she's worried about her sibling. She's and it's all coming to a head because again, it, it's almost like the house is preparing her before she gets to the actual house. It's almost like mentally, you know, like like breaking her, I guess. Right. And there's a scene even where she's like in like a little room to uh to get like a drink or something from a vending machine, where you just see how broken she is. Like she just. You know, she starts collapsing on the floor because of her emotions. Um, and I was, like, rooting for... I was like, oh, fuck. I know she's going to die, but I hope they do a twist where she doesn't die. Such delusional thinking. <laughs> I, I yeah. genuinely did not want her to die. She goes to the house all scared, all spooked. She, you know, feeling depressed as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gets there, and then uh, the house starts to kind of, like... and. and I guess it's the house, right? I was going to say maybe it's like maybe like a mental thing, but it probably is the house starts to kind of make illusions where yeah, she thinks that she's there with her mother and father and her siblings. And they're like, oh, come here, you know, Nelly, let's have a dance. Here's your husband. You know, he's he's here at the house. You know, you can join him. And and they like the house slowly leads her to the point where she kills herself, where the thing from the book where she runs up the staircase which the way they present the staircase is kind of how I imagined, how I had it envisioned in my head when I was From reading the book. the book. Yeah, I like how they. I don't know. I, I was like, whoa! Like it's like they just took my thought and just made it come yeah. to life. Uh, but she makes her way up the staircase, which I was like, no, Nellie, get down from there, please. <laughs> and then her mother presents her a necklace, which in real life is a noose. And then oh, um, that's so. I know it's. Yeah, that's sad. It's so sad. I was like, no. <laughs> um. And then uh, she, yeah, she falls to her death. Uh, she cracks her neck. But in that moment, in that like split second moment of her in death, you see kind of like her eyes like flash before her. She sees all of her past self. Kind of like um, that saying where like uh, right before like a moment of death, like your life flashes before your eyes. But it's like yeah. everything that she's gone to up until this moment and she sees her past self numerous times. But what she doesn't realize is that she is the bent neck lady that all of her past selves has been seeing up until yeah. this point. She has become the thing that used to scare her. This lady with the bent neck. And she realize I guess she kind of realizes that, right? She's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like I've been seeing my dead self for my whole life. Like, and I didn't know that. And then she dies. And that's 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 the end of Nellie's story, which I was like, oh, my God, why did they yeah. kill her off? This character that I thought I was like, I cannot get there's no way I could potentially get invested in her because she is dead. I know how her story ends, but it's like. Actually, I think she's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was super depressing. But yeah, I, I, I kind of revisited that episode uh, after I finished the whole series because I don't oh, know. Good. I just like how they portrayed her like just in the motel room like it was so sad to see like a character kind of get to that point 
I don't know. I I really like the way they portrayed like depression in the show. What do you think about Nelly? Yeah, well, she kind of kicks off the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she's a good character. Probably my favorite, maybe, if not second favorite. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah. like something that they do in the show, which I just saw in my notes. Um, so in the book, and they'll kind of do this in the movie as well. Uh kind of like i guess to push eleanor's delusions or whatever uh, or mm-hmm. the house is doing this there's it's written on the wall welcome home eleanor and in the show they kind of do a play on that where in the past uh the house says or the mother because they're trying to fix the house again they're trying to flip it to sell it when they're young mm-hmm. when the siblings were younger and uh the mother goes to nelly and all mad and she's like nelly i need you to come with me and Nelly's like, oh, what happened? And she's like, did you do this? Or why did you do this? And what she sees is that on the wall, in a portion where they had removed the wallpaper, it says, come home, Nelly. And she's like, mom, I, I didn't do that. It's like written in like, I don't know, marker or something. And she's like, I didn't do that. And um, her mom's like mad, like, oh, yeah, who else would do this? And then Theo comes in and mm-hmm. she touches it. And she's like, oh, no, mom, that actually wasn't Nelly. And the mom's like, you know what? You two have to clean up this mess because, you know, we're trying to fix this house. And you guys are like, you know, turn it down. And it's was like okay well i guess we will have to clean it up uh when she rips the wallpaper off it finishes the saying where where it said come home nelly she rips off another portion of the wallpaper and it says it finishes the word welcome so now it's welcome home which was so cool i was like when i first saw the scene i was like oh my god they almost did kind of like what the book did and then they finished it i'm like oh shit they did do the the whole saying from the (laughs) book it was so cool it's such a I like moments like that where they take the twist or like they almost reward you for having read the book or it's right. like, oh, okay, you know this already. Let's do that. But like in a, in a refreshing way, but yeah. Uh, then we get to episode six, uh, the, ep- the episodes afterwards, the five remaining episodes, they don't really focus on a certain character. It's now more so on the relationships between all the five siblings um, and, the house. and the house. This is uh, where the siblings come together. They go to Shirley's place uh, for, you know, the preparation of, you know, the funeral services and whatnot. And something that I found really interesting about this episode, which I don't know if maybe you noticed, the way it's presented, it's all one whole take. Like, there's no cut in the episode. Now, the episode, the version of the episode I watched, which is on Netflix, there are kind of like two cuts, right? So, like, one cut of the movie is like 20 minutes long. Uh... And then they cut to like another, they cut to the future and then, you know, they'll cut back to the past, but it's three whole takes. But apparently there's a director's version of it where all the, well, all the cuts are seamlessly put together. So it's one shot. So the episode's basically one shot. And did you ever notice that? For instance, uh, there's a part where the father, his name's Hugh, older father, he is in the, he's in the funeral uh, house, I guess, Shirley's funeral house. And he's there with the siblings and he he walks away uh and then as he's going down a corridor suddenly the funeral home the way they have it i guess the way they had the the set organized it now becomes the the house the past yeah the or, past. yeah the house so it they maintain the one take they don't like yeah they don't like do cuts did you ever notice that that, that, that episode i didn't one whole but cut i think yeah you're right the whole episode is that it was so cool. I was now I looked into this because I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking cool. Like, how did how many times did they have to do this episode to get it perfect? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just there's and, a lot of hidden cuts, I bet. But yeah, yes, that's what it is. It, yeah. it looks really good. 
there's a lot of moments where they just had to edit it down to get it so it flows seamlessly but it is so cool i also had to rewatch that episode after i realized (laughs) that i didn't pick up on it i didn't pick up on it until like 10 minutes into the episode where Uh um the episode the episode begins with luke because a lot of the siblings had already seen nelly in the casket and now it was luke's turn luke had just arrived with steven and it kind of like you see luke walk up to the casket and he's having a hard time basically coming to terms that his twin is dead Mm -hmm. and we see him kind of go back to the couch he's like i I can't do this and he we see him count to seven again where he's like you know one two three and there's a moment where i was like oh they didn't cut from him you know at the casket or going to the casket to then going back to the couch and then they like the camera pans to steve and then it pans to shirley and it keeps doing that i'm like oh shit are there no cuts so i went back and i was like oh my god this whole thing has been like one one essentially what is one shot the way it's presented as one shot but yeah they they cut i'm so impressed at how they cut back and forth between the past and present without any hard cut at all visually Mm -hmm. which was so cool episode six also emotional all these episodes start to get more and more emotional we see luke and a lot of the siblings start to kind of tell stories of Nellie and what she was like when she was younger. You know, for instance, uh, someone brings up, oh, when she used to write letters to Santa Claus, she used to call them puffalopes because they're puffy puffy envelopes that she would send to Santa um, to keep them nice and warm. And and they would tell, like, like, the most wholesome stories, but as the stories would go on, we see kind of how sour the relationship is with all of them. That later on, they as the as as they start telling more and more stories, they start more and more like bickering with each other, and they start yeah, arguing. like remembering why they they no longer do this. Yeah, and they're like kind of thing. Exactly, and they start yeah. blaming each other for things, and you know, for their fallout. Like you know, oh Stephen, you're the reason why we yeah. don't even talk to each other, or whatever. And they're like, oh Luke, you know, like you're just a fuck up, I guess. Poor Luke. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, it kind of reaches like a like a like a boiling point to where the lights go out or no, the lights don't go out quite yet. This is where a lot of, this is where a lot of the drama comes to a head. Theo, uh, Shirley, Shirley is blaming again, as always Steve, like, you know what? You're the reason why this family's broken. You know, you wrote that damn book on us and now everyone thinks we're all like crazy and whatnot. And he's like, no, we actually are crazy. It's mental illness. And she's like, no, it's not like, you don't know what our mother went through. And she's like, I can't believe you benefited off, you know, you made profit off of, of the backs of our family. And yeah, especially since he doesn't believe in it. Especially since he doesn't believe in it, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> something that had been presented earlier in the show is that he had offered the other siblings, you know, you guys can get a cut of the right. book, of the profits. Shirley obviously said, no, we're not going to take your blood money. But Theo, secretly behind Shirley's back, took the money. And Theo in the yeah. episode says, you know what, if you're going to get mad at... Uh, Steve, you might as well get mad at me because I did take that money. And Theo had been living in their guest house, in Shirley's guest house. She's like, you know what? You've, you've been living under my roof, you know, with the money that you took from the hurt that our family had gone through, you know, like, get out of my house, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the husband, Shirley's husband is like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm stepping. Shirley, I also took the money from your brother. Yeah, We've been using <laughs> it the whole time. And Shirley's so she's in such disbelief. She's like, "What? Like, not only did my sister betray me, but so did my own husband." Yeah. And, and they just start blaming each other, and it gets ugly. And then, uh, you know, and feels like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go back to the guest house. I'm out. Or, or Shirley, this is a funny moment. Shirley, Shirley's like, you know what, Theo? Pack your bags. By tomorrow morning, you're out of here after the funeral. 
and then she goes to uh, Shelly's husband. She's like, I'm not early getting kicked out of the place, am I? <laughs> it's really funny. I don't know. But um, Shirley, as they're all leaving and they're all bickering and whatnot, um, Shirley goes back to, to Nellie's casket. And you just she's it's in the background of the shot. And I, I love how the shot's framed because some of the siblings are starting to leave. And you see like Steven and Luke in the in the foreground and you see like Shelly in the background and she's like shocked and she's like, oh, my God, who would do this? And then the camera follows uh, Steve and Luke as I uh, no, actually, I think it's Steve and their father, Hugh, who had joined them. And he and they go to the no, it was Luke and it was Luke and, and Hugh. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My listeners like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, okay. uh, it's good. Luke and Hugh, they go to where uh, Shirley's at. And they see that someone had placed those buttons that Luke had been, you know, telling Nellie that would be her, you know, her safety net. They had placed them over Nellie's dead body's eyes, like something out of Coraline, which looked very freaky, by the way. And Shelly was like, who would do this to our sister? Oh, my God. You guys are like savages. What the fuck? Uh, and Luke, Luke, and you know the dad are you know all, they're like we didn't do that like what the hell we were we were here, we you know you were talking to us the, this whole time, and Shelly's like well one of you guys must have done this you know it's not who else is gonna be here to you know do something horrible like this, and it's at that moment that the lights go out, and, and honestly this whole scene was just so freaky, uh, I don't know just the lights out and this casket here with this body with buttons over its eyes. It's just the perfect setting. I think it was also raining too. So there's like the occasional lightning and thunder. I love the way it's framed. And then we see Hugh go down a corridor trying to find like a fuse box or something. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. the backup generator won't come back on. And then here's where we see, you know, a past where in the past, uh, something kind of mirrors this where there is another storm when the kids are much right. younger in Hill House and the lights also go out and the kids are all scared. They're all spooked. And you know, the, the, they're trying to comfort each other. I think Luke at some points like, Oh, I see her. I see, I see a ghost or some shit. Um, <laughs> the stupid Luke's always going on about his ghosts. The mother, she goes up. Oh, Nellie goes missing. Nellie goes missing. Oh, it's such a heartbreaking thing. Nellie oh, says right. afterwards. She kind of like disappears or something, right? Yeah, she does disappear. She disappears. And here's where we kind of see, you know, the ability that I mentioned earlier where she saw her past self. I think she can jump through time throughout her lifetime mm-hmm. where she can see past versions of herself. Uh, she'd been able to see her dead version as the bat neck lady. Maybe she must have jumped. Maybe they did explain it. I probably didn't pay enough attention. I don't know what to what she must have jumped to, but um, she basically goes missing, right? She basically just vanishes. And the family's like, oh, we got to go find Nellie. And I, again, I love the way everything is just framed so eerily. It's I like how spooky the whole show is. I think it's actually genuinely kind of suspenseful and scary. As Hugh and Olivia, the, the mom, as they're exploring the upper floors trying to find Nellie, Olivia kind of like goes a little... I don't want to say crazy, but like she, she finds herself in the twins' room. She, by the way, throughout the series, she finds herself a lot in the twins room where she'll like, she'll snap at him. She's like, what am I doing in the twins room? Um, the same thing happens here where she's like, what is, what's going on? And there's a moment that I really like that. I'm sure they do this often throughout the series, but I didn't notice it until here before she enters the twins room unknowingly. Right. She's like looking through a couple rooms. She, before she enters the room, there's these two statues outside. They're like these white statues. Um, and they're both facing forward. 
and as she enters, she by the way, the camera doesn't take doesn't like it doesn't put these into focus. It's just a little thing that's in the corner of the shot. As she moves into the room, right, just whatever. She, the camera follows her. The camera follows her stepping out of the room, and you see that one of the statues is now facing the entry of the of the of the twins' room. Like the head is just turned completely in the wrong direction. And I like it when they do when when you know horror movies or shows do that. Like Hill House, not Hill House, Hell House LLC, right? Where like oh. things in the backgrounds of a shot afterwards are completely positioned in the wrong way. I noticed this yeah. in this episode, and I was Just like, small, small little things like that. See if anyone notices. Yeah, and I think things like <laughs> that make it scarier, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. oh, what the hell? What's what was that thing? And I, I'm certain that the show is actually probably probably filled with things like that. But I just noticed I, I noticed it, it mostly in this episode. But basically, uh, you know, Olivia kind of goes off in like a, a daze, and you know, her husband's trying to track her down. He's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "You, you, you were like in a trance. I was trying to chase you, or whatever." And then Nellie comes back, or rather, you know, she reappears, and her family's like, "Oh my God, Nellie, where are you?" And she's like, "I was here the whole time. I was screaming for your names, but you guys, it's like you guys couldn't see me. It's like you guys couldn't hear me." Which I guess could also be like an allegory for like depression right you know like i was here the whole time but i never felt like i was heard or i never felt like i was seen you know i felt like i was just alone um which i really liked that uh you know what what she said so i don't know maybe at a young age she was feeling depression but you know maybe she didn't have a way of like expressing it i guess i don't know but uh the power comes back in the house in hill house and in present time the power also comes back and the siblings and the father are, you know, or most of, so a couple of the siblings and the father, they're around Nellie's casket. They're like, oh, what was, that must have been like a freak storm, you know. Uh, that was kind of crazy. The powers come back on. And as the power comes back on, um, the, the thing holding up the casket breaks and like the coffin or the casket falls and Nellie kind of like half stumbles out of it. It's kind of freaky. Very good episode. Very good episode. I, I'm going to try to speed through this because the episode's pretty long already. So the the throughout the, rest of the remaining episodes, Theo uh, kind of amends her relationship with her father. And we see her, uh, the father try to amend relationships with some of, you know, his children. Some of them aren't, you know, open to it. Some of them are. On the way to uh, the funeral, um, you know, Shirley takes a ride with her father. Also, there's like this weird plot line, which I really wasn't interested in, of like, Theo had jumped on uh Shirley's husband and Shirley like saw it and she thought that they were like having an affair or something. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that whole plot line was weird, but I do like how she, I like what she said to, I guess just the fight where she was like, no, it's cause I touched Nelly and like, I felt like nothing like this nothingness, which I took it as two ways. I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode. I, when she said like, I felt this vast emptiness when I touched Nelly like no emotion no nothing there and i i took it as either it could be just her touching something that's dead right obviously right. we feel nothing or maybe because you know how she's able to touch things and see its past maybe nelly in her past just truly felt empty you know maybe she 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 just felt so sad and so de- de- depressed you know like there was there was nothing there you know she she was living what most people thought was a perfect life but like she was just living what she herself thought was like an empty one. Um, I don't know. I saw that as, as also like a, like a double entendre, like a, this could be that, but this could also mean something else. Basically it all culminates in the funeral. Luke at the end of the funeral is like, you know what? 
this house has done too much to break our family. I'm going to I'm going to finish this. So he he unknowing uh, unknowingly to everyone else decides to take Theo's car and Shirley's credit card and goes off uh, to to Hill House in the middle of the night. And they don't realize it until later. They're like, oh, my God, like, where's Luke? And they're like, oh, my God, he's gone. And feels like my car has gone. And Shirley's like, my credit card's gone. So he must have taken it. Where's he going? And the father's like, oh, we all know where he's going. He's going to Hill House. So, yeah, he's going to go to Hill House to burn it. The siblings are all on their way to kind of stop it from happening. <clears throat> and uh, Luke does get to Hill House. He fills it up with gasoline. He lights a match. But the house doesn't burn. Like, it just does not burn. And it reminded me a lot of Oculus. Again, that's another thing that Mike Flanagan did where, like, the house is like the mirror where it'll do whatever it takes to kind of keep itself safe in a way, right? You know, the mirror often does like some weird like tricks with your mind and whatnot. I thought that like the house was kind of, you know, maybe doing a lot of what that did. I mean, we get a we get a flashback of the father in the last episode. Oh, so basically Luke again starts to see these 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 delusions and, and the way that mm-hmm. Nellie did when she entered the house. Maybe it's the ghosts haunting, you know, the environment being like, oh, Luke, welcome back to the home. To the point where he reaches up uh, the the top of the sta- of the staircase, he's oh. without us realizing it. He's actually now entering the red room, which prior to this had never been able to you know get open. Right, no one knew the key to the red room. He's now in it, and he's living what he thinks is like this perfect life, the way that you know Nelly was envisioning was envisioning. You know, like oh, my husband's back. You know, we're back in the house. Everything's happy again. He sees Joey, the, the chick that, you know, he tried to go find in his episode that he wanted to help the other drug addict. And she's like, you know what? Like, Luke, we're here together with each other. I, I you know, I'm glad you're here to I'm glad you're here to help me. I'm glad that you sought me out and found me because you saved me. Mm-hmm. She's like, but before we, you know, we we truly go clean, we have to, you know, get one more hit, which he had kind of told Nellie before. You know, the, the last time he saw Nellie was when he said that. And he's like, no, I don't, I, I'm 90 days clean. Please, I, I don't want to do this. And she's like, oh, but you've already done it. And you see that there's a needle in his arm and it's full of rat poison. And he's like, oh, my God, like, like, I did this to myself. You know, I'm poisoning myself. And then, you know, we see other siblings start to rush into the home, basically trying to save uh, their brother. Um, they all kind of go through their own, like, little mini realities throughout the house. It's very interesting episodes, the last episodes. The other siblings manage to kind of like save Luke, I guess. Yeah. Or the Nelly also does. She's there. Let me find a couple quotes because I know I, I know I wrote down a lot of quotes for this one. <laughs> I guess these things just have to be longer than movie length for you to take <laughs> <I> notes. <laughs> I know. Not that I ever really take notes. Uh, kinda, but not really. She was telling Luke something. Um, uh-huh. Fuck, and I remember it being such a like a just a great thing that she had told him, but now I can't find it at all. Basically, uh, uh, Nellie is like telling them comforting things at the end of the episodes, right? Um, before she saw, before she left Luke at the at the at the rehab center, she basically told him, um, "Please, uh, you know, bring back my my brother. You know, the the brother that I knew, the brother that um that you know she loved. Uh, could you make sure that he comes back?" To which uh, Luke actually had mentioned something in in the the funeral, in the wake, um, which I really really liked. He had said something like, I was born 90 seconds before Nell, you know, always like holding it over her. Like, you know, I'm technically the older one, but he mentions at the end, like, but even though I, even though I was born before her, she was always my bigger sister. 
um, which mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, it's such a touching thing that, you know, they would, <laughs> so, I don't know, I was just like, oh my god, the, the fucking dialogue. In yeah. This. Oh, fuck, I'm so mad I don't have this written down. Let me, you know what, let me look this up, let me look this up. Go ahead, go ahead. I really like the quote, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, she's trying to, like, comfort people, um, or not comfort mm-hmm. people, she's trying to comfort her siblings who are like, oh my god, like, you know, like, Nelly, you're you're here in the house, but you know you're you're dead. You know we we're 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 broken. And Nelly basically says something like, "I learned a secret. There's no without. You know I'm not gone. I'm scattered into so many pieces, sprinkled on your life like new snow. So even though she's physically not there, she's scattered throughout their lives. The way that you know sh- her power allows her, basically, right." Um, mm-hmm. so you can see it again both ways where she scattered literally throughout, you know, her own life and their lives, uh, in different versions of herself, but also like her memories will always be there, even though she physically isn't. I really liked right. that quote. And I, I was like, I was, I was so mad. I was like, Oh my God, am I not going to talk about this quote? Um, <laughs> but she comforts them and the, the things she would say is just so heartwarming and I was like, damn it, why is she dead? Why didn't they just take, like, Theo or something? Why did they hey. make... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, uh... No, yeah, um... But Luke gets saved, but the door won't open to the red to the red room. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the siblings are all there now, and they don't know how they managed to get into the red room, but they're in there now. But the father's on, on the outside of the red door. And he sees his wife, and he's like, "Olivia, please, you know, let them out of the of of the house, let them out of the red room." And Olivia's like, "I I can't, you know, like they're 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 my kids, you know. I, I, this will be the only chance I get to see them." And he's mm-hmm. like, "You know, if you loved your kids the way I love them, you know, like I would do anything for them. I would keep them out of the house. I would let them go. That's the best thing we could do." And so, and he basically says, "You know, I made a vow to you to, you know, always." basically stay with you so you know i will be here for you and i will be here with you so that's kind of like a like a like a promise he makes to olivia the ghost of of -hmm. his wife so she opens the the red room and the siblings get out but as the siblings leave the the father's like hold on steve i need to tell you something i need to tell you a secret about hill house which he had never told anybody and we get kind of like uh, again while while this is happening we get flashbacks to the night the, the the night the last night of hill house where we see that the mother she she had gone she had gone to live with her sister presumably because she was starting to not feel really well and starting to become a little more unhinged. Mm-hmm. But it turns out she never left. She actually remained back unknowingly to her husband, and Shirley saw her in the middle of the night in the kitchen cooking, and she's like, "Oh, I'm making something for you know the family." And uh, Shirley goes up to her father and she's like, "Dad, mom's in the house. I don't know what she's doing here." And so the father goes to the kitchen to see what she's doing. He doesn't see the mother. Instead, what he sees is what she was using to cook, which was the rat poison that Luke later in the present would use to kind of hurt himself with and inject mm-hmm. himself with. And and so the father in that last night goes to all the siblings' rooms and he's like, where are my kids? You know, I need to save them. Uh, the older three siblings are sleeping, but the younger two, the twins, they're not, they're not in their room. And he's like, oh my God, Olivia must have taken them. And Nelly throughout the series, she's like, Mommy, can I have like a, a tea party, please? I want a tea party. And Olivia's always like, Oh, I'm sorry, busy, I'm honey. I'm sorry, busy, I'm honey. I'm sorry, honey, I'm busy. Um and uh she's not doing the tea party with uh the rat poison. 
and we see in that episode also that Abigail's having a sleepover uh in uh, in the twins room. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is where you realize, oh no, Abigail's not a figment of Luke's imagination. She's she, a, she's been a real character this whole time. She's been a real character. And uh what further supports that it. is when <laughs> Abigail takes the first sip of the tea. Oh no. <laughs> And she starts choking, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, they're killing a kid in this show. Yeah, it's, um, uh, there's a lot of twists in the show, and they're just, they are cleverly done, because you just don't expect them. Yeah. At all. like <laughs> At all, and so Abigail dies, and right before the twins are able to take a sip, um, the mother's like, oh, she's just, you know, that's just something that, uh, that that's normal. She's having, like, a like a asthma attack or something. I don't know. Oh. Uh, and then the dad comes into the red room and he's like, no, like what's going on? And he saves the twins and he's like, let's, we got to go. We got to go. Like what's going on, Olivia? And so this is where he starts taking the siblings one by one to the car. Steve being the last one and being like, Steve, like close your eyes because he doesn't want the reason why he says this is because he doesn't want the last memory that Steve has of his mother to be the, mo- you know, this, 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 this version of it, of their mother that had become kind of more monstrous. Um, but of course, Steve saw his mother lunging around in the darkness, and then you know the the kids and the father they all leave. The father comes back to the house, and he sees that his wife had killed herself off the same ledge that uh, Nellie did. Oh. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, the Dudleys come into the morning, and he's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And and they're like, "Oh my God, we're so sad that your wife is dead." But have you seen our sister, our our, our daughter, my <laughs> Have you seen our daughter? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, your, your daughter? You mean the chick upstairs that's on the floor? <laughs> and so the Dudleys lose hey. someone that night, just like, you know, the the main family does, the Cranes. Yeah. And this is where it's revealed that uh, Mr. Dudley, uh, you know, they say like, yeah, we kept our, our daughter hidden. Um, the world doesn't even know she's alive. There's no records of her. So we'll just bury her on the sites, on the premises. Mm-hmm. And with the, so the, the twist about Hill House is that whoever dies there remains there as a ghost. So Abigail is now there and the Dudleys and uh, the sibling's father, Hugh, he, they see that. They see that, um, you know, Olivia's or not Olivia, Abigail's there, but she's like a little dead ghost girl. And she's like, like, mom, yeah. dad, like what's happening? You know, like, uh, and, you know, she's dead. And so the only times that the Dudleys can now see their daughter is at Hill House. And that that's where, you know, the father sees Olivia later on. And he's like, oh, my God, like, you're also stuck here as a ghost. You are a part of Hill House now. So when we cut back to the present to where the father's like, you know, I will remain with you forever, Olivia. That's because he also basically kills himself to remain with his wife forever so that she can let the siblings in the present leave the red room and go get Luke to a hospital after he had injected him after he had injected himself and basically get them to safety. But, uh, what the, what the father told Hugh, or sorry, not what the father is Hugh. What Hugh told his son, Steve in the present is that whatever happens to you guys, you know, obviously keep each other in mind and, you know, look out for each other, but never tear down Hill house. Cause I made a pact with the Dudleys that I would not destroy Hill House even after what happened to your mother, even after what happened to their daughter, because this would be a way for them to see their daughter in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, also because your mother is here, and now I am here. I We both reside in Hill House. Please don't tear it down because this is where we're at. 
which is like kind of like a nice little wholesome thing, I guess. Uh, and it gets yeah. it gets even sadder when at the end of the episode, oh my god, um, you see Dudley, the Dudleys, uh, Mister Dudley. He's he, you don't I didn't realize this was him at an older age, but he's like rushing throughout the woods, um, getting from their little huts off the property, you know, where they live, mm. and he's carrying Missus Dudley to the house. And he, they're, they're old and they're old in age. And he's like, and he, he drops Mrs. Dudley off at the house and he's like, you're, you're in the house now. Everything's okay. And why he, why they did that is because now that she's dying, she can die in the house and forever remain with her daughter. daughter. So their daughter yeah. would not be alone in Hill house. That was so sad. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> like that was so depressing seeing Mrs. Dudley die in the, on the floors of Hill House. I don't know, dude. That the ending just got even so so much sadder. Um, but yeah. after this whole debacle, after everything, Shirley, uh, she reconciles with her husband and Theo. They they explain whatever, whatever, whatever's. Theo in the present day, uh, Shirley and her husband, uh, uh, Steve gets back with her with her, with his wife and Luke. They're all celebrating things, you know, like for instance, his two years of being clean. Um, you know, their, yeah. their, their relationships have been mended. They are now looking after each other uh, after everything has happened. I think it might have ended with, uh, there was a quote that I wrote down where Olivia says something like, oh, you guys go on without me when, you know, they're, they're leaving or something. And Hugh in the past is like, mm-hmm. how could I, how could we ever go on without you? It's such a sad line. Oh my God. Like, there's no way we could move past <laughs> you. But yeah, uh, and then, you know, it closes off with Nellie, Olivia, and Hugh all in the red room. And then the red door closes on them. And that's the ending of the show. And that's such to such to, to a show that I went into thinking, oh, my God, everyone's like, the show is scary. The show's going to be, you know, spooky and stuff, which it is. Right. <laughs> but I got out of it more sad than I was scared. Such yeah. a depressing show. But like, it's it, like, I don't know. It's, it's so, so well done. And it's like. Yeah. Why I'm like I, I can't imagine Midnight Mass being better than this, but everyone who has seen both is like, oh no, dude, trust me, you have, you still have yet to watch Midnight Mass. Like, trust me, Midnight Mass is way better, and I can't yeah, fathom Midnight it because the show's so very good. good. But you're right, the characters in the show, just talking about it, it's reminding me that yeah, they were definitely the highlight of the whole show. I mean, the story is great, but yeah, the individual characters. Yeah, the, the individual characters and their relationships. Yeah. Yes. And and I love how they each, in the beginning of the show, they each see themselves with such disdain, you know, the way, you know, like mm-hmm. like Luke is the easy, Luke, Luke is the easy example, right? Where like everyone in everyone else's episodes, he's just like uh, an idiot. But in his own episode, he's yeah. not. Same with like Theo and some of the other characters episodes, like she seems closed off and whatnot. But in her own episode, you like realize like, no, like she's an, a compelling character. All of these characters, mm-hmm. they're so compelling. And, and not, and not saying this out loud, I just realized something that can further like, like a further, uh, and a further, al- another allegory for Nellie's depression is right. And which by the way, is, uh, I love the way they presented her depression and, and her character. But uh, if you couldn't tell already, um, I, uh, in everyone else's episodes, she is just a plot point. She's a way for the characters to come together. It's her oh. death. She's not seen for who she truly is until you get to her right. own episode. Oh my god! Dang. 
I need. I, I think after knowing all this, I'm just gonna revisit the series again. Yeah. <laughs> Rewatch it. See if I pick up on anything else uh, new. <laughs> uh, I'm, even to right now, I'm still putting things together that I have never realized. Maybe it's things that were done intentionally. I'm sure they were. This mm-hmm. this show is done. It was made so expertly. Yeah. Just to add another layer, I've read somewhere. Uh, I don't know if this is confirmed or anything, but like each character is supposed to be like a stage of grief or something. Ooh. I don't know exactly how that lines up. I don't know all the stages of grief, but that's something I've read. Right. You, that might be true. You could probably like, there's probably a couple websites that like talk about that. I might have to look into that too. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that too. Cause isn't there like five stages or something? Five characters? Five something siblings? like that. I think it's five or seven, maybe. Oh, oh seven, seven volumes. Yeah, probably. Probably um, seven. It seems to be a very reoccurring number. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like how this show can take, can uh, present this house in like that, present this house in a way where in the beginning of the show, you want nothing more than just for this house to burn down to not cause mm-hmm. people any more damage or, or hurt. Um, but by the end of it, you're like, you know what? Keep the house around. <laughs> yeah, I might just have to make that drive. When, uh, when no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um actually i looked up the house i think it's called like oh, the, yeah? the, the the brisbane manor or something like that i might be pronouncing it wrong oh really but it's in i think georgia or something and it's only like a million dollars which people listening might be like only a million dollars but here a house in the suburbs is basically that price yeah for this lavish <laughs> ma- dude i could probably you know buy that house <laughs> not that i have a million dollars right now currently on me that house here in california would be like <laughs> oh yeah yeah, forget about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's the haunting. 10 out of 10. No notes. It's perfect. It's perfect. I don't. I would not change anything about this. Except for maybe like the, the random plot line of Theo with Shirley's with husband. Sex predator guy. Oh, sh- I forgot about that. The child predator guy or oh something. Oh my god, I yeah. Something I for- to do with the couch. Yeah, yeah, the couch. Oh. Each yeah, episode like is so depressing. The couch or that something. episode yeah. is so sad. Oh my god, Theo's episode is so sad. Yeah, I forgot about that. No, yeah, I, I mean ugh, that episode is so hard to watch. Yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of them are. A lot of uh, most of them are. Uh, but yeah, I, I show's perfect. Um, even I had to look up like the music because I really like the music. I think there's a song oh, or a track much. called I think it's called Go Tomorrow. Now that, uh-huh. I, now that I listened to it, at first when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, okay, it's pretty cool. After having seen Nelly's full um story, it's just so sad. I don't want to listen to that song anymore. It's so <laughs> sad. Oh, um, man. But yeah. How would you... So I've not seen the other shows, but how would you rank those shows? I'm just curious. Just uh, out of curiosity. I would say it's Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. closely followed by Haunting on of Hill House. Right. And then a couple steps down, Haunting of Bly Manor. Bly Manor, okay. So my yeah. plan is to watch Bly Manor. Whether we do an episode yeah. or not, we'll de- I don't know if we will. Right. That's also the order that I watch them in, too. Oh, Midnight Mass, then Haunting of the House, then Bly Manor? Oh, no, 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 no. The, the order that you're going to watch them in. Oh, I mean. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if we might do an episode on Bly Manor, but I, I'm looking forward to probably doing an episode on Midnight Mass, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I have to rewatch them. 
Uh, I should have rewatched this show for this one, to be honest. This show is so... Dude, I'm mind-blown at how good it is. It is so unbelievably good. Oh, my God. This this might just have me watch other horror shows. Uh, you've recommended Hannibal to me as well. I might just end up watching that. Oh, yeah. Hannibal every... is weird, but it is beautiful and creative and scary all in one. Yeah, I'm interested in Very good. watching any show that people recommend now. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not wasting time. I'm watching it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm telling all of our listeners who have not seen it to definitely go recommend it. Or not to definitely recommend it. My, dude, Watch I've it been, and then recommend it. I have been jumbling up my words this whole episode because I've just been That's excited fine. to talk about it. Uh, everyone <laughs> listening tell. sorry who had not seen the show yet i recommend to go watch it even though i already spoiled everything yes like what the fuck is the point um, it's and, still worth it and yeah i think that's the episode i think it's a nothing else to talk about it's a good spot to end it yeah you talked about a whole show i talked about a whole show the 10 episode, whole episodes yeah 10 whole episodes the the episode already unedited has been going on longer than most of the movies we've already covered on the show before so uh yeah i've been your co-host robert and i've been your co-host enrique and uh i'm on my road to midnight mass babies let's go yeah watch more shows